0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs.
1: It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas.
2: He's been the same guy that I saw last year. And, you know, he's got great leadership, great urgency, a super locked in, you know, really good influence on his teammates. Obviously, that's why he was named the captain. But just, you know, smart football player, really wants to do things the right way all the time, um, has a high standard for himself, and meets it most every day.
3: This is unnecessary roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. Q.
0: Hey, Coach Josh Daniels talking about Josh Jacobs and what he provides and what he brings to the team. We'll hear some head coach Joshua Daniels soundbites coming up in just a few minutes here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, as he met with the media earlier today. But let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to our guy, New England Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
3: Hey, Q. What's up, man? It's been a while.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm chilling. How you doing?
3: I, you know, Joe, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's crazy to think that you were in Bristol, uh, Connecticut. I, I want to send out congratulations to you, man. I know you've been working hard. And as a guy who is from parents of uh, people who did radio, I, I understand the grind. So uh, congratulations to you.
0: Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it.
3: Absolutely, man. Hey, so keys to victory. All right. So I'm I'm looking. I, I You know, this is a game of attrition, man. And I feel like we've been really slacking when it comes to our Uh, you know, like our second strings or, like, you know, the guys that are coming in on third down, I'm going to be looking at, you know, Malcolm Koontz. You know, I think he's going to have a really big game. I think he's going to have a really big uh, role for this game. And also, one more thing, Jacoby Myers. Yes. I'm really liking him, man. And I'm wondering if he can really be that complement to Devontae Adams. Like, I feel like we need that one-two punch that we just have not had in so long. Tried it. I remember, we tried it with Tyrell Williams back in the day. Yep. We had that little one-two punch with Crabtree and Amari, but it just—it was short-lived. We need that one-two punch, and uh, so I'm going to be looking at Jacoby, see how he, what his role is, and see what Malcolm Coots can do. Thanks, hey. I appreciate you taking my call.
0: Hey, thank you for calling in. Appreciate you, New England Raider, and man, that's that's real. I'm, you know what? I, and I talked about it on my podcast. 16. We talk about 17 all the time, right? It's easy to talk about 17 because 17 is. Uh, arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. But 16, I think, is going to play a big role. I really do. And the reason I say that is look what Mac Hollins did last year. Just take, take a second and think what Mac Hollins did. Mac Hollins is not a number two wide receiver. Hell, he's not even a number three wide receiver. But because of injuries to Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, he was pretty much forced into that role to be a number two guy. And he's not a number two guy, but I'm not trying to discredit him. I want to give him a lot of props for doing the best he could in that role. And he did, I think, a really good job. And him and Carr got some kind of chemistry going pretty early in training camp. And he was the guy that, that Derek looked to. So I'm not, I'm not mad at him, but he played a role that, that he shouldn't have had to play. He's really supposed to play, a, you know, maybe a number three, number four role and a key special teams guy. But he ended up getting elevated to number two. Jacoby Myers in New England was a number one, numero uno. Because he had to be, right? And so, yeah, to your point, if he could be a true number two to Devontae, now you're on the something. Now you're cooking with grease. And then you got Hunter Renfro in the slot. That could be a dangerous – that's why I think this offense is going to be really good. That could be a dangerous wide receiving core right there. Not to mention you got DeAndre Carter and his speed. Not to mention you got Trey Tucker and his speed. They're not guys that are going to get volume numbers of, of targets or even touches. But I think effective targets and touches is what they'll get and use that speed as a weapon. I'm really intrigued by 16. I re- I think he's going to play a big role in this Raiders offense. So, yeah, thanks so much for bringing him up. Really good stuff. And it's funny you brought up Michael Crabtree. And I meant to tell this story, I don't know, a couple days ago when I was in, uh, in Bristol uh, at the hotel that I was staying at, the Doubletree, which is literally right across from the campus. Of ESPN, it's like the ESPN hotel. Everyone uh, who who goes there and comes from out of town, they uh, they all stay there. So it was funny. I, uh, I I I get into the shower and they have these. <laughs> I actually got a shower there. That <laughs> I, I get in the shower and they have these uh, these uh, soaps and shampoos and everything that are fixed on the wall of the shower. Pretty cool, a little pump action, right? And so I looked at them. And I knew it was going to be a good day when I looked at the brand, and it was Crabtree. I immediately thought of Michael Crabtree. And I immediately thought, oh, today's going to be a good day. Because, and this is my, this is my sick thinking. <laughs> it really is. Michael Crabtree caught everything, right? Everything that came his way, he, he caught it and took advantage of it. So I said, oh, it's going to be a good day today. I'm about to catch, I'm about to catch everything that's thrown my way, and I'm going to take advantage of it. I know, sick thinking. <laughs> right? I mean, I could have just, you know, washed up and got up out there, right? But I'm, I'm up there trying to put things together. I'm trying to come up with metaphors or something. Like, I got a problem. I know. Wife tells me all the time. But I immediately went, and that's what their brands were. I'm telling you, anyone that's ever stayed at that Double Tree, uh, call me out if I'm lying. Their brands are, are it's Crabtree. And it, that's all I thought of was what Raider Nation always called Michael Crabtree, which I always called him too, was Michael Grabtree because he grabbed. Everything He had them big paws, man. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, New England Raider. Thanks for bringing up uh, Michael Crabtree, and that led to just another great story. So there you go. Uh, We want to hear from you, though, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a couple messages real quick. Uh, This one's from uh, someone in the 209. Waller hurt again because of his hamstring. That ain't normal. Not mad we got something for him. Couldn't imagine another year we hurt key players. And uh, thank you for that text. And, yeah, I saw that. Uh, He's on the injury report for the Giants with a hamstring injury. And I don't want to talk bad about Darren Waller because I like him a lot. I think he's a hell of a story. I think he's a hell of a player when healthy. The key is that we have to throw that when healthy in there. And, unfortunately, for him, he's been banged up more times now than than he hasn't. And I know I saw a report from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN that they all believe he's going to play on Sunday. But that's a legit concern is, you know, his his health and his availability. And so, unfortunately – that's what he had to deal with last year, and he wasn't available very much for the Raiders. And, you know, he looks like he's going to be a nice addition in New York when available. So I think that the Raiders just decided. I think the front office and, and, and Dave Ziegler and company said, you know what, i I, I rather have a guy that I, I feel like is going to be there consistently than a guy that I'm wondering if he's going to be there. So, uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. But I'll always be a Waller fan. I'm a fan of the person, and obviously the player is, is dynamic when he's out there. Mark in Jersey said, My keys the victory, clean game, no turnovers, touchdown in the red zone, not field goals. There's no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt. So uh, there you go, uh, Glenn in San Jose. I didn't realize that word would not be conducive for the radio. My apologies. Thanks for the cleanup. No, it, it, it's it's no biggie. You're good. I just uh, I just chose to to make sure I, I keep everything clean. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, we I think we all understood what we were talking about when I said the fortitude, <laughs> right?" <laughs> I had a coach, Coach Scott Stewart at Temple High, used to always say that all the time. I, I interviewed him every week, and at some point in the interview, he'd always say that, and then he'd laugh. And I'm like, it's all good, Coach. Right? I mean, he, he would say it, and then he'd realize that, hey, man, I, I forgot I'm doing an interview and not not uh, not not co- coaching up the players on the field. And so there's that. But, Glenn, thanks for that text, my man. Definitely appreciate you. It's always great to hear from you. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach jo- Josh McDaniels. We opened up the hour hearing him talk about uh, Josh Jacobs and what he brings to the table. Obviously, the Raiders are making roster moves in, in, in preparation for Sunday, and they've already made some roster moves ahead of Sunday. Brandon Faison is officially on IR, so he's going to be out for four weeks at least. Uh, he has a shin injury. Uh, that was something I expected. They had to make a, a roster move to get compliant down to number f- to 53 so Josh Jacobs could actually be on the roster uh, like you know correctly. He had an exemption, and matter of fact, he has an exemption until tomorrow. But by putting Brandon Face on on IR, that gets that fifty four down to fifty three, so everything is good there. And then Chandler Jones is not going to be playing. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. He won't be playing on Sunday either. But here's Coach McDaniel's talking about roster moves made in preparation for Sunday.
2: Well, I mean, there's, it's. I mean, we deal with it all year, you know, in terms of like having to make decisions um, whether they're injury related or what's just what's best for the team in terms of um, practice squad elevations or just you know deciding on the actives from the 53 so um, nothing different in that regard we'll just try to figure out what the best thing is um, you know in terms of how to play the game in general Uh, we're we're doing that at multiple positions honestly you know Um, and something that's Uh, early in the season. It's always a little tricky because nobody's really played 60 minutes of a football game. You know what I mean? So we've practiced hard. We've tried to create uh, the type of conditioning we'll need uh, to play, you know, with 46, 47 guys out there for the entirety of the game. Um, But making the decisions based on the depth that you're going to need at certain spots, um, that's always a little bit of a tricky issue going into the opener.
0: There's, there's head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about uh, you know roster moves. And, again, they haven't really seen anybody. They don't really know, you know what they're going to need more of, what they're going to need less of. But there's always going to be moves that are going to be made. Practice squad guys moved up, as he mentioned. There's always going to be something happening. Of course, they've already made some moves. And uh, we have Paul Gutierrez on from ESPN earlier, and he was talking about Isaac Rochelle. Being moved up from the practice squad onto the active roster, so that's something that could be potentially coming down the pipeline officially as well. So there's always going to be some jockeying, right? Uh, you know, it's like it's like playing uh, chess and not checkers. You know, you always got to try to make a move. You know, make your next move, your best move, in, in order to put the best you know best team out there on the field and give you a chance to win on game day. And the reason why a guy would be moved up is for either a special teams or you know the really the guys that get moved up the most are guys that have versatility. And could do multiple things. So we'll see exactly what the roster looks like when uh, when the Raiders put out the the, uh, the injury report or the actives and inactives on Sunday. It's about 90 minutes before kickoff, and then you'll know who's going to be out there and who's not going to be out there. But thanks. Uh, there's uh, that that from head coach Josh McDaniels. Also, when it comes to what Josh McDaniels had to say, uh, the defensive line group, something we've been talking about. Remember, they kept 10 guys on the active roster, and that was that was a lot. It's a lot of dudes, but they want to win up front. And that's, that's fine with me. That's how they're going to get it done. That's how they're going to butter their bread, make it a little bit easier on the back end for the safeties and corners. Perfect. Here's Coach McDaniels talking about the death of the D-line.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, somebody will get bit, uh, banged up in the game. You know what I mean? So uh, everybody that's active is going to have a role in the game and play. And um, we expect everybody to, you know, get out there and, and hopefully make a positive impact. So um, I think our entire defensive line group has – uh, really worked hard. I think we have a little bit more depth across the board than we did last year. Um just in general terms and you know we'll do what we have to do to to be able to uh you know play the game the right way. Um but yeah, both those guys you mentioned and there's a few other guys and we have some other guys on the practice squad too that you know would be considerations as well.
0: Coach McDaniel's right there talking about the depth of the defensive line again. They kept 10 dudes on the active roster on the defensive line. It's deep, right, and, and they're going to need that. You know, we talked about it a couple years ago when Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator. Uh, waves, waves of guys getting after the quarterback. Well, if you you have you have that depth at the defensive line, you could do that. You know the mainstays. You know Max Crosby's going to be there. You know Tyree Wilson's going to be sprinkling in there. You know Max uh, uh, Malcolm Koontz is going to play a role. Bilal Nichols, Jerry Tillery. I think Jerry Tillery's the guy that we're not talking about enough either. Jerry Tillery is a guy that's kind of flying under the radar, nobody's talking about him. I think the last time that we really did a deep dive on Jerry Tillery was when we were talking about that penalty he got against the Rams on Thursday Night Football that extended that drive. I think that's the last time we literally talked about Jerry Tillery. He's going to be a guy. I I feel like he had a pretty good camp. Matter of fact, a really good camp. But, again, it was nothing flashy. He just went out there and handled his business. But he just looks like, even just looking at his body language, again, big body language guy, looking at his body language, he just looks like he's, he's out to prove a point. Remember, this is a former first-round pick. Like, not enough people are talking about that. He's a former first-round pick of the Chargers, but, you know, he's got a few quirks about himself. He's a little quirky guy. And, you know, he, he has moments like he had on Thursday Night Football against the Rams where he'll make a, you know, bad decision like he did. And so at some point the Chargers was like, okay, enough's enough. But, and, and many people have called in and said, said this, not about Tillery but about the other guys, how Raiders would it be to <laughs> – to get a guy that, you know, may look like a fringe not worth the first-round pick, and all of a sudden he ends up being a dude for him. That's what the Raiders hung their hat on for years on top of years on top of years, right? He could possibly be that guy. Jimmy G, as many people have pointed out, could possibly be that guy, right? They have dudes on their team that really could, you know, have a nice big impact on this team and really help them go out there and make plays. Like Marcus Peters, even though he's on the back end of his career, he could, you know, really be that guy that, you know, kind of gives him that kind of that Rod Woodson feel at the end of his career. When he was there and he he just went out there and, and 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 provided that leadership and made plays. Even Seawood when he came back. Right? I know these are two different guys, but Charles Woodson when he returned to the Silver and Black and he was playing safety, just him having that 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 attitude and that mindset and that know how. He was good for the young guys. Peters could play a role like that, like a Rod Woodson like sea would, right? Guys like that, he could do that. I think that's a big deal. How about preparing for Denver's defense? Because they have a really good defense. They do. Pastor Tan, I know that he's thinking about that, uh, that that walk-off touchdown that he gave up to Devontae last year, but here's Coach McDaniels talking about preparing for Denver's defense.
2: Yeah, it's a little – I mean, Vijay does a great job, um, and they kept some of the guys that were there last year too, which is, you know, that's kind of um, – you know, it's not a, a completely different staff on that side of the ball, which is um, interesting. Uh, also, I, say, I think says a lot about the guys that were there last year that did a great job. Uh, this defense was ranked in the top five or six in almost every important metric uh, last season, so um, they played really good football on that side of the ball for sure, and so, um, you know, we've, we've looked at Vance and what Vance has done. Uh, Vance has had Vance has a lot of um, experience and variety doing some different things based on his personnel. So if his personnel is better to do this, then he'll do that. If his personnel is better to do something else, then he has enough flexibility within his scheme to be able to do that. Uh, that's why I have so much respect for him. Um, you know, and, and his players play the right way. They play hard. They're very disciplined. Uh, there's not a lot of easy things You know, against this group.
0: There you go. There's uh, Coach McDaniels talking about the Raiders preparing to play that Broncos defense, which for years has been a good defense. It really has. No, no matter who the defensive coordinator's been or the head coach, like Vic Fangio. I thought Vic Fangio I, – I, I don't think. I know Vic Fangio's a damn good coach. He's not a good head coach, but he's a damn good defensive coordinator. He's been a defensive coordinator in the league for many moons, many, many moons. And so I was happy for him that he got the opportunity to be the head coach, but – He just wasn't that guy. But, man, as a defensive coordinator, he is that dude. Uh, Vance Joseph, he's been a very well-known defensive coordinator in the league. right? And they've they've had other guys as well that step up and and help that team. They've got talent on defense. It's not going to be no walk in the park. No matter what happens on Sunday, the Raiders are going to earn a W if they're going to go get a W. Here's Coach McDaniels
2: continuing on talking about
0: that Broncos defense.
2: Um, And so we've had a look at, You know, our our opportunities against Vance in the past, we competed against them last year against Arizona. We've also looked at their preseason stuff. We've looked at some things that we saw last year against the Denver Denver team that we're getting ready to play because a lot of the players are similar or the same. So, um, you know, you never know. Uh, We just, you know, we kind of throw it all in the same bucket and say, we're probably going to get a bunch of this. Some of it we may not. Um, and we're definitely going to get something we're not practicing. So uh, that's always part of the anxiety of opening day is kind of getting into the game and going, oh, okay, well, we didn't practice that. You know what I mean? So um, it's going to be important for us to follow our rules. Uh, you start the game with an idea of what might you might see uh, in each phase. But at the end of the day, um, I think this is where the training camp practices against another club are really important because when you go into those, you have no idea <laughs> what they're going to do. You know, They could try a hundred new things against you and you're the guinea pig, you know, and so really it tests your rules, it tests your discipline, uh, tests your communication, and um, that's, that's basically what opening day turns into.
0: There you go. There you go, talking in depth right there, multiple sound bites about the Broncos' defense and who they have on the defensive side of things and what, you know, their defensive coordinator's tendencies are. And trust and believe this Raiders coaching staff has done a lot of homework And lots to study. But I think one thing he said that really stood out to me that that rings true is those joint practices that the Raiders had. And and I'll tell you, them having two joint practices against two different teams, I do believe is a big deal. I think moving forward, we're going to see more and more and more teams across the league really make an emphasis on having joint practices. Those joint practices against the 49ers, in my opinion, were big. B.I.G. big. Notorious B.I.G. big, right? They were big. They really were. They just, I mean, just you see, one, you see how another team prepares. Like I go out there to the Intermountain Health Performance Center and I see the Raiders warm up. I see them get prepared for a day of practice. I see them go through a day of practice. Then you see another team like the 49ers and you say, okay, that's how they do it. Oh, it's a little bit different. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool. And then you get to see the two sides collide and go against each other. There's no, well, the first, the, stringer, the first stringers aren't out there. No, it's good on good, second on second, third on third. You know, first on second, whatever they go through a lot of different things, and I think that both sides benefit. And when I say both sides, I mean both teams benefit in a major way. We have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com coming up, probably around four thirty ish or so. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines, though, and keep it right here on the seven hundred two. Michael from Vegas, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Michael?
4: Oh, uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. I love I love your show.
0: Thank you, sir. Awesome. What's on your mind?
4: Two quick things. Uh, okay. I'm predicting 40, 44 nothing shut-up on Sunday. That's, I Jeez. just want to let you know that when it happens, you're going to say that was me predicted it. We're going to blow them down. 44 All right. nothing shut-up. Okay. The other thing was I wanted to piggyback on yesterday. Uh, you Wasn't it like uh, who's our rival? Um, a little different answer. I know, I, the rivals change every year. I, I mean, every – well, you know – Obviously, KC is our rival right now. Yeah, Denver is not a rival right now because they suck, and we're gonna we're gonna beat we're gonna beat them up. I'm gonna okay. say that's nice. But the rival that I have is the East Coast bias. That's my rival because I want to shut them all up. I listen to Zach Gelb and all those guys. Uh, what's his name? Um, the other guy in the morning. They all tra- trash the Raiders, and I want to shut him up this year. We're gonna we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. We're gonna win the West, and we're going all right. to the Super Bowl. And I'm gonna I'm gonna shut all those guys up. All right, that'll work,
0: Michael. Appreciate it, Michael. With the confidence, he's swinging for the fences right there. He said forty-four nothing. I'll tell you what, if the Raiders win forty-four nothing on Sunday, I'm going straight to GVR Green Valley uh, Ranch. I'm going to find every triple triple double diamond machine, and I'm throwing nothing but hundreds in that thing until I hit. Right, if, if Michael is right about the score and it's 44 nothing. as soon as the game's over, I'm going straight to GVR. I may get a margarita or two at the same time, but I'm going straight to GVR and feeding that machine until that thing hits. I'm just saying. I like the confidence, though. I really do. That's, and that's how you're supposed to feel, right? Why not? Why not go in swinging? If you don't have confidence, then who is? I, and, look, the team's got to have confidence, too, so I'm okay with that. You know, as far as the, the East Coast bias The funny thing is, the more and more I, you know, I I get involved in this and I I, I learn more about the whole national scene, right? A lot of the, a lot of the, I don't want to say bias. A lot of the feedback nationally when it comes to a team like the Raiders is because, well, one, it's not a lot of coverage. It's not a lot of, you know, seeing it up close and personal. I'm not saying that that's right. It's similar to this is the best way I could put it where it makes sense to everybody. The year that. Was it Mark Ingram won the Heisman for Alabama? There's no doubt that Christian McCaffrey should have won that. There's no doubt. The problem is the Heisman Trophy voters are all out east paying attention to the SEC, south paying attention to the SEC, paying attention to the ACC, paying attention to everybody but the Pac-12, right? So that's the problem is that You know, Pac-12 after dark is not something that the writers are paying attention to because they're in the press box watching Alabama roll tide, right? They're looking at – they're checking out, uh, you know, Georgia. They're checking out Clemson. They're checking out Notre Dame. I mean, just go up and down. They're looking at Florida State. They're looking at Florida. I mean, just look at go go and look at all the Heisman Trophy finalists over the years. And I know C-Mac was a finalist, but there's no doubt if you were worth the salt and you were paying attention, he won that. He was the best – player in college football that year and what's the heisman trophy go to the best player in college football his problem is it should have said the best player in college football that didn't play on the west coast (laughs) because we sleep now i wasn't i was in central texas paying attention because well i just love football so i was staying up watching everything but i ain't a voter (laughs) right so those guys that's their responsibility so that's what happens a lot I love the fact that, you know, someone like me is in a position I'm in now because I'm out west. So I get to pay attention to everything. I get to wake up early and see all the south, check out, you know, what's going on uh, on the east coast. And I get to stay up not even late <laughs> right here on the west coast and pay attention. So, you know, when you start getting different varieties and different voices and different positions from all different walks of earth, then you start getting – you start getting more of a level playing field. And on top of that, like many other people have noted, when it comes to, you know, the East Coast bias or whatever the case may be, the Raiders haven't won consistently. At some point, you got to play your role too. You know, you've got a little bit of responsibility. You've got to win. Just win, baby. That's the motto. Not just every once in a while, right? You know, it's not just be inconsistent. No, it's just win. Commitment to excellence, not commi- commitment to inconsistency. You don't want that. That's on them. They've got to find a way to do that, and that's what Coach McDaniels, that's what Dave Ziegler, that's what Patrick Graham are attempting to do. And many other coaches have attempted to do that for years, and it just hasn't happened consistently. I mean, the fact that we can go through since their Super Bowl appearance and talk about what year specifically they were in the playoffs and talk about certain highlights tells you they ain't been in the playoffs enough. (laughs) Right? I hate saying, hey, I remember 2016. Hey, I remember 2021. And then pause. Pause. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I hate that. I hate that. But it's a reality. So they've got to play their part and make sure that they are consistently winning as well. Uh, we'll continue to take your calls and take your texts. Got a bunch of texts. Bunch of texts. How about this one from Vegas Pete? Uh, uh-oh, I think someone just won. <laughs> Good stuff. Like to hear winners. Vegas Pete said – uh Good to have you back in the Silver State, Q. I expect Adams to have a big game, and Peters gets a pick. That's from Vegas Pete. I like that. Um, Trey in Kansas City said, is Josh Daniels the exact opposite of Dan Campbell or what? That's Trey in Kansas City. They definitely have different personalities, right? And everyone can't can't do that Dan Campbell style. Everyone can't be that guy. But Dan Campbell is unapologetically him. And I didn't buy into the hype when he was talking about biting off kneecaps and this, and that, and the other. I was like, okay. Whatever we're talking about, right? I just thought that that was a a bunch of hard knocks type stuff. Almost like when Gruden was doing the, I want better and execution, right? And got all angry and all this other stuff. It was more of a made-for-TV thing as far as I'm concerned. But Dan Campbell's got them believing. He really has. And every coach is different. You know, everyone is not for everyone. Every, every, There's not one certain style that works. Like, if you're coaching me up, I, I would like to be coached up like Dan Campbell. I wouldn't mind you yelling at me. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind you telling me how I messed up and how to get it right. I'm okay with that. But everyone can't be talked to that way. Can't have that kind of, you know, that coaching style. And actually more, more guys than not, especially pros that are getting paid, don't want to hear that, right? And I'm not just talking about Dan Campbell as a, you know, as a, as a yeller or whatever, and, and he does that. But he also just has a different style about himself as a former player, you know, he just kind of – he's kind of him. Like I said, he's unapologetically him, and I think that that's okay. But everyone's got to be – the one thing you can't do is try to be someone else. Hey, like, you know, Richard Sherman said it best, man, if you're a wheel, be a wheel. If you're an engine, be an engine. If you're this, that, and you got to be who you are. You cannot try to force it and be someone that you're not because if you are, that's going to come off fake, and that's the one thing that you can smell. Not me. I mean, you might be able to smell me because I haven't taken a shower yet. But you can smell fakeness. There's no doubt. Rob Oakland hit us up and said, On the topic of controlled pass rush, it's vitally important to keep mobile quarterbacks inside the pocket, which applies to Wilson and especially Mahomes. I think D-linemen must find ways to rush quarterbacks without allowing large escape routes. They also have to be prepared to peel back to chase and hit these quarterbacks from behind, hopefully jarring the ball loose. The D-line has to rush with force while constantly thinking about cutting off the field like a boxer cutting off the ring. It's so damn hard to keep these slippery quarterbacks under control. That's Rob in Oakland, and you're spot on when you say that. And that's why me... I'm a big fan of the quarterback that's able to do that. That's why I was hoping in lobbying that the Raiders were going to find a quarterback that could be exactly that, be that guy where he could be slippery, get out of the pocket, do what he's got to do. Uh, Now they went and got Aiden O'Connell, and Raider Nation's pretty pumped up about him, and I'm pretty excited just to see what else he could do. He's not that slippery guy. But to your point, when those guys are slippery like that, you've got to find a way to make sure they stay in the pocket. If you you give them a hole, and that's what Detroit gave Mahomes a lot last night, Right? How many times? And, and there was a couple times I thought Mahomes was just toying with him. He put the ball out in front of him, like ah, here I go, here I go, and then we am gonna pop out of bounds. He's not a guy that's gonna run for you know a thousand yards a season like a like a, a Justin Fields or a or a Lamar Jackson or you know who, whoever else, Jalen Hurts, whatever the case may be. But he, man, he ain't afraid to to pick up those yards that he needs to. If nothing else is there, he'll go get you fifteen to twenty yards. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Raider Tone, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
3: Hey, man, first of all, thank you for getting us through the whole summer, man. We're only a couple of days away from kickoff, man, so I appreciate it. stay travels back when you come back from the East Coast back to the West Coast. Uh, real quick, I got a Devontae with eight passes, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I got Josh Jacobs getting on a little run, 15 for 90, a touchdown. And I got the Raiders winning 27-20, started the season off fresh, optimistic. The Chandler Jones up a workout. Everybody's on the hot seat, man, but I can't wait, man, again, you guys should get us through the whole summer, man. You kept everything live for us, and you did whatever you can. to keep going. so I appreciate that, man. Safe travels again, Q. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Appreciate you. Well, yeah, I made it back. I'm, I'm back in the 702 now. I'm back in Vegas, it was a little bumpy ride trying to get here, right? Left Hartford, Connecticut, flew to Philly, thought I was getting on the bird and headed back to Vegas in good time, literally sat on the plane for an hour and a half, Because we had no pilot. How the hell do you not have a pilot? How do you get an announcement saying the pilot's on his way from Orlando? He's flying in. Well, why am I on this plane? Why did you choose this plane if I ain't got no pilot? Shouldn't I be on the one that I don't know has the pilot? That don't make any sense. You know, it's like I know people don't get get cabs that often anymore, but it's like getting a cab, getting in a cab, and you're getting in the one that says out of service. I got in the plane that was out of service. That's basically what they gave me. They gave me the out of service plane didn't make any sense. So after an hour and a half delay and the most ratchet kids ever in front of me, that's a whole other element of this story. I won't even go there. Their parents may be listening. They were, man, you want to talk about some ratchet, ratchet kids. I could appreciate ratchetness and ratchetness to a certain extent. But another, at a certain point you're like, all right, damn it, sit your ass down. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> right? I mean, at some point, drive me crazy. Like, man, I felt like Bernie Mac back in the day. Oh, twig head, boys in the hood, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> got me hot. I was like, man, I am not in the mood to not be in the mood, if you know what I mean. 4.31 is the time. We'll come back. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll join the show talking some betting lines. And, you know, Raider Nation told me "Q, make sure Lee gives us the line, gives us his thoughts on the Raiders and Broncos. So we'll make sure to do that with Lee Sterling next on Reddish Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game Day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at Port-A-Subs,
1: Let's take a look at the lines that can help win you some money. It's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, brought to you by Joe Stonecrab, located inside the Caesars Forum shops on unnecessary roughness.
0: And Lee Sterling joins us now on the phone lines for ParamountSports.com to give us the betting lines and Got to take a look at whatever games he's looking at this weekend to help put a little bit of extra money in your pocket. And, Lee, thanks so much for your time. As always, we definitely appreciate you. And, man, off top, just how good is it to have NFL
5: action back? So good. (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you. I just love it. I sit here uh, from the first game to the last game on Sunday, I probably gained four or five pounds. I get so much deli or so much Italian. We have a different theme every single Sunday. Me and my friends, betting, uh, eating, watching football.
0: You know, that's funny. I wanted to ask you before we got started, when it comes to betting the NFL, and of course there's always opportunities that, you know, futures bets, like MVP, this, that, and the other. How much do you kind of deep dive into like the awards when it comes to the NFL season and the betting aspect of it?
5: So I, I, I do what I do best, and I believe it's, Uh, doing overs and unders for win totals, sometimes winning a division. Um, I'm just not good, you know, with these things like uh, MVPs and, you know, other awards, uh, defensive player of the year, not my specialty. So I stick with what I do best.
0: Yeah, no, I respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. I do what I do best as well, which is sit behind this microphone and talk. (laughs) So I better stick (laughs) to that. You do that
5: pretty darn well, too. (laughs) Hey, man, I
0: do the best that I can. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into what you do best, which is, well, go ahead and break down these games. Again, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We'll start in the college game, though. We'll talk about a game that's well near and dear to every fine folk here in Las Vegas. That's Michigan, the Wolverines, uh, up against UNLV. UNLV obviously is playing at the big house. Michigan 1-0 on the season. UNLV is 1-0 on the season. The line on this one, Lee, Michigan minus 36 versus Rebels. That's a lot of points. How are you seeing it, man? Break it down for us.
5: Yeah, J.J. McCarthy was right on point in the first game. 26 for 30 for 280 yards, three touchdowns. Problem was the running game. They just could not get anything really going. They looked lethargic. I expect the practices this week – for Jim Harbaugh to be really tough, probably whipping the guys into shape here. Here's the problem for UNLV. Barry Odom likes to play up-tempo. So, with the new rules, you know, if you run the football, well, you can take some time off the clock trying to cover such a big spread is tough. But you go fast and you create, let's say, a couple more possessions in the game. That's a problem when you're playing a team that's talented. Now, I know unLV's thirty two and 18 as a road dog, but new coach – New approach here, and um, just think that uh, (laughs) this defense is going to have trouble here for UNLV. I like Michigan big here. 58
0: 14. Whoo, 58 14, Michigan over UNLV. And there's no question if Michigan's going to win this game or not. It's just by how much, right? And so uh, right. I think that the point that you bring up about UNLV trying to go fast, that could definitely hurt them in this game and give Michigan another possession or two. That's a great point right there. So uh, Michigan minus 36 versus UNLV. Lee Ow. Sterling says Michigan is going to do it big. So there you go. Place your money on the Wolverines. Again, Lee Sterling is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness from Paramount sports.com how about another college game real quick this one's got a lot of people's attention all of a sudden Colorado coach prime is going up against Nebraska this is a Colorado home game and man you can't get a ticket to it which is something that you would not have said a year ago as Colorado comes in 1-0 and Nebraska Matt Rule and company are 0-1 Colorado minus 3 versus Nebraska Lee how are you seeing this one
5: Last year, I looked on the Internet. You could buy a ticket for a Colorado game for a dollar. stinking dollar. Can you believe that? Is that wow. crazy? Wow. <laughs> wow! You can't buy a pack of gum for a dollar anymore. So, not that way. Uh, tickets are going for a couple hundred bucks just to get in the door here. Uh, Colorado game last week was incredible. Game of the, the weekend. It might be top five of the year. Uh, prime Sun playing quarterback over 500 yards passing was on point. Travis Hunter, I mean, what can you say? I mean, over over 10 catches in the game, 100 yards, touchdown, intercepted a ball, probably should have had a second interception. These two guys right now, after one week, they are one and two in the Heisman right now running. So they got to keep it going here because what was lost in that win, in my opinion, was the defense. Mm -hmm. They gave up 42 points to a not, I think, and when we look back, it's not going to end up being a great TCU offense. So, TCU had lost their star quarterback, super running back, incredible receiver. Um, They're going to have trouble here. And and what did Colorado do on offense? They emptied the playbook. So no one had any idea what they were going to run, any idea about the personnel. What did TCU do last week? They ran for 262 yards, and that's what Nebraska does best. They have an extra two days to prepare for this game. As long as Jeff Sims doesn't turn the ball over three times, I think they're in a great position here. I, I like Nebraska. I think the wrong team is favored here. I think they'll win this game outright
0: 31-28. Ooh, that'd be a big bounce-back win right there for yeah. Matt Rule and Nebraska right there, especially being on the road. A little rivalry action right there, Colorado and Nebraska. That'd be a big bounce-back win for Matt Rule. He really should have won that game last week against Minnesota. And, again, all those turnovers that you mentioned is the reason why Nebraska lost to Minnesota. So there you go. Colorado minus three versus Nebraska. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com says – Take Nebraska in the points, and you'll be good to go. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Our guest, Lee Sterling, the great Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com. Lee, we've got to close this out the only way we know how. A lot of people have been hitting us up and saying, man, Q, ask Lee about the Raider game. So, okay, we'll do it. The Raiders are in Denver this week, Lee. Denver is minus 3.5 versus the Raiders. I don't see it on this line. I'm confused. Make it make sense to me, please.
5: I I thought that the Raiders should have been uh – a one-point favorite, or even a pick you know, I know you get three points for being a home team, but what has Denver done? I mean, their defense should still be pretty decent. I mean, def- defensive secondary, deep, talented, allowed only 5.9 yards per pass attempt last year. But let's look at the offense. Uh, Russell Wilson is just not reading defenses, and there's just something wrong with him. I mean, he looks the same. You look at him in the uniform, looks like he's the same guy, but the problem is he's getting rid of the ball late. He's not reading the defenses here, not able to scramble and buy time here. And, you know, Jerry Judy, game-time decision, may not even play in this game here. So what has the, the Raiders done? They've dominated Denver. It's shocking here. I mean, if you go back the last five, six years, Denver might even have the best record uh, over the Raiders here. If you look at just – playing raw record, but the Raiders have dominated the division rival eight and two straight up nine and one against the spread. The last 10 meetings, including winning the past six games, the Raiders have won the previous three games in Denver. And the last time the Broncos beat the Raiders by more than a point at home was 2017. So uh, I just think that the Raiders have been able to run the ball on them. They're going to take the air out of the ball for for Denver and Denver falls behind. They're just They're not going to have much of a chance here. I I, I like the Raiders here. I think they win this game here. Something like 24-21.
0: Boom, 24-21. Either way, the Raiders get the dub and start out 1-0 on the season, even on the road, and then they turn their attention to the Buffalo Bills. But I like it. I know Raider Nation likes it as well. Denver's minus 3.5. We don't see it. We see the Raiders as the right side of this here. Good stuff, Lee, as always. If anyone wants to reach out to you, man, get some more information from you, what do they need to do?
5: Just go to the website, ParamountSports.com. Big weekend. Uh, We rate our games from 10 to 50 units. It's our 30th year. Check out the new website. ParamountSports.com, and uh, uh, like I said, we won 28 out of 29 years. Not too many people have had the success that we have. And uh, like I said, we rate these games from 10 to 50 units. We have our first 40 to 50-unit selection of the year. It's a 45-unit NFL best bet. We're a documented 61 and 20 on these games the last 15 years. You want to hop on board. How about this special? It is an entire four weeks of action on our phone service where you get generally – 11 to 14 games a week combined, college football and the NFL, just $297 with coupon code SAVE100, one plus. Love to have you aboard for the ride this weekend, opening weekend of the NFL. ParamountSports.com.
0: There it is right there. Now you know, you just got to hit him up. Hit up Lee, ParamountSports.com. <laughs> it's that simple, man. At ParamountSports on Twitter. He's going to help put a little bit of extra money in your pocket. Lee, fantastic stuff, man. Always appreciate, always enjoy having you on, giving your expertise here on the show. So uh, thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the full slate of games, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You too, Cube. Have a great weekend.
1: It's time for Reason or Excuse on Unnecessary Roughness.
0: Piss, 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 piss. All right, give me your reason or excuse, man. Give me with your reason or excuse. What's the reasoning? Don't, don't tell me what to do. What's, what's the reasoning <laughs> behind all your silliness that you got going on? There's a
1: it? lot going on back here. I am uh, <laughs> I am full throttle trying to get like you, and it is just Full impossible. throttle, I dip your head
0: in a tank of gasoline and light it on fire. Basically, Let's go.
1: It's football season, baby. I'm trying to do what Q does in five minutes in like an hour or three hours. It's amazing. <laughs> Props to you because this is uh, not for the weak hearted. So, reason or excuse. Also not for the weak-hearted, Mina Kimes. I love Mina Kimes. And she said, if Patrick Holmes wins on Thursday with, like, Noah Gray and Sky Moore, I never want to hear him questioned ever again. A tweeter said, after the loss, are we allowed to question him now or does your bio apply now, which states, wins are not a QB stat? Mina's response, but if your takeaway from watching that game was Patrick Mahomes deserved criticism, then I really can't help you. Reason or excuse?
0: Well, I understand And shout out to Mina Kimes for the nice contract extension she just uh, signed Mm. at ESPN. That's awesome. She's very good at what she does. But you can't come out and say, "I don't want to hear criticism about Pat Mahomes if he wins a certain game with these certain people," and then come back around and say, "Well, if you're taking that for what he did, you know what I mean? Like you can't have you can't can't play both sides of the fence, right?" So she's great at what she does. Um, I'll just say it's look, it's an excuse. The, the players the players put the ball on the ground. It was not a great performance. Tony had a ball pop off his hands, go right into Brian Branch's hands. He took it back for a touchdown. That's not That shouldn't be a, a quarterback stat, but it is. I say it all the time. In tool, interceptions that aren't quarterback's faults aren't a stat. It's on the quarterback. So if you're going to go out and make that bold statement and say, I don't want to ever hear him question it, and let, let, let's be honest about it. Why are we questioning Patrick Mahomes anyway? What What, what is – What is there to question about Pat Mahomes? Yeah. There's not one team in the league. Seriously. There's not one team in the league with a good quarterback or not that wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes. Simple as that. Boom. So there's Uh, that.
1: Well, here's the other side of the coin. Uh, Quote, there's a tweet, no offense to Mike Tirico, but this is a ridiculous thing to say after a team wins. We have teams with 10 guys on IR every year in the NFL. Uh, and basically, the quote that he speaks of is, this has an asterisk because no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey. No, is, no, that's what Tarico said.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's BS. That's, that's a terrible excuse. There's no asterisk. There's no asterisk next to championships won during COVID. There's no asterisk one, you know, next to championships on, yeah, on short, you know, short seasons, strike strike had seasons, whatever. I don't care that the Astros were cheating. They still won. I don't care about any of that. I sure don't worry about who the Chiefs had and who they didn't have. You play who's out there. It's not there. It's not the Lions' fault. They went out there and they won the game. They went into the belly of the beast and they got a victory. So there's no asterisk next to it because Chris Jones wasn't there. That's the Chiefs' fault. That's Chris Jones' fault. He has a contract. It's not like he, it's not like Josh Jacobs where he didn't have a contract. Chris Jones literally has a contract. He just wants a better one. I have a contract too. <laughs> If I don't show up to work on Monday and be like, you know what? I want a better one, Natalie. You know what she's going to say? Kick rocks, homeboy. <laughs> 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 I Take mean, it's what? just it's just simple. I know this. it's not apples to apples. I get it. It's, it's definitely a different ballgame. But he has a contract. He should be there. So Travis Kelsey got hurt. Hyper extended his knee. Injuries happen. We all know that. Pat Mahomes got injured, Right. A lot of people didn't think, he, including me, didn't think he was going to be the guy he was hmm. in the Super Bowl. That's true. That that he wasn't going to be able to be mobile. But you know what? He found a way to get it done. So if you need to find a way to get it done, you can. So they just lost. It's fine. Don't put an asterisk next to it. That was a terrible take by Mike Tirico. I respect him, but that was a terrible take.
1: Indeed. All right. Well, we're going to shift over to your very favorite thing in the world. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Speaking of the world now, this isn't just national, bro. It is world ampersand day. And what's if, that? I don't even know what that is. If you're not familiar, the ampersand's that little and sign that we use in, in professional documents and stuff, like silver and black, the little uh,
0: Oh, and? Yeah, the, the middle, little and the, sign. Okay. This thing has that's a freaking a day.
1: It has an ampersand, it's called.
0: Ampersand?
1: Yeah. It has okay. its own day, and it's yeah, that's, that's recognized dumb. upon the whole world, apparently.
0: You know, I can never get that time that we just spent talking about that back. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard point. in my life. I, one of first <laughs> of all, I didn't even know that that I didn't even know that that was named something. I thought it was just an and symbol.
1: Now, like you know. Cofield
0: and Company.
1: There you go. Silver
0: and black, peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> soap and water. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I had used.
1: Some. <laughs> what a great, what a great way to end. Actually, a better way to end is to give away some free stuff. How yeah,
0: about it? let's give out two tickets right now as we go out. That's how we're going to do Go out, winning on a top. bang. Yeah, Nick Schwartzen, he's going to be at the Venetian December 8th and 9th. You can uh, win them before you buy them. They go on sale tomorrow uh, at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Caller number 9 is going to get hooked up right now. 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. Caller number 9 is going to get hooked up with a pair of tickets to go on the date night. little comedy action from Red Nation Radio 920. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday, Red Nation. I'll holler. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on lvsportsnetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.